Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Good meal, Maha, good Pat. Uh, welcome back to the final hour of Tip Today, 1800-938-007. Our text and WhatsApp is 083-311-3311. We're always delighted to hear from you. Right now, it's time for... For every problem, there's a solution. Dear Phil, on Tip Today with Phil Prendergast. And Phil is with me in studio and she assures me she's wearing Valentine's colours. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Fran, and happy Valentine's Day. Uh, thank you very much. You, you, that's red, isn't it? It is red, yeah. See, See how I know that? Then? <laughs> I'll tell you now. Are you, are you into Valentine's, do you? Uh, well, do you know what? I think there's a place for being nice to people every day if you can, if you love mm. them, and there's yeah. a lot of whole commercialism around this particular day. I suppose it brightens up what you know just before we get into the spring and all that um yeah. it's a bit of fun for a lot of people it's a lot of heartache for others who have lost loved ones and uh you know basically it's there's a, a lot of hype there's a lot of tack but there's a lot of genuine people who do th- nice things and uh, it's nice to celebrate I suppose an occasion and an opportunity Is, isn't it just yeah we're hearing from some uh, singles today telling me that they hate the day yeah, it's, it's I, I can different. understand it yeah. because and particularly if, if somebody is single and it's not by choice mm. um, or something has happened mm. um, relationships can be very fraught and also even if relationships are over or you just feel that it's not working mm. and it can be a day where every, the focus is all on the romance and all the rest of it what it is is an exploitation of people so is that Things are bought at an inflated price to prove your love, which you don't need to do at all if you're actually in a very steady, comforted relationship. You don't have to do any of that. Well said indeed. All right. And, I, I, you know, our first letter today is full of love, but it's, it's one of the most unusual letters that we've gotten, I think. It says, Hi, Phil. I'm a woman in my 50s and I'm trying to deal with an overwhelming grief but I've had to keep it to myself because I can't tell anybody. I've lived in my home all my life and inherited when my parents died. Not long after they died, a young couple, the same age as me, moved in next door. I got very friendly with them and we had a great relationship and friendship since day one. Over the years, though, I realised that I had fallen madly in love with my neighbour. He was an amazing man, so kind and funny and incredibly handsome. I would often find excuses just to talk to him. I never told him how I felt because I knew he was happily married and I always accepted that this was an unrequited love. Last year, this man I loved died suddenly after having a heart attack and collapsing at home. We were all devastated. The community loved him, but nobody more than me. I've really been struggling with my grief and I miss him so much. I am happy that I made the decision never to rock the boat and express how I felt about him, but now I'm battling with regret that maybe if I did, he might have felt the same. Now I will never know. The grief feels so heavy for a man I loved deeply, but can never tell. How do I deal with this? It's very sad. It's very, very sad indeed. Um, You know, I'll I'll come to the last bit first where she said, I am happy that I made the decision never to rock the boat and express how I felt about him, but I'm battling with regret that maybe if I did he might have felt the same. Mm. He didn't feel the same. Mm. And 
you know, you can really romanticise or you can you can do all sorts of th- thoughts and processes and you can put yourselves into a situation and imagine that you would be so happy if you were married to this person and that she loves him. What she needs to do, I think, in the first instance is actually go and do formal bereavement counselling because to her she has lost someone she loved even though it was neither returned nor was he aware of it. Now, they may have been aware of it, saying, oh, here she is. Mm. It it does sound as if she didn't have a partner herself, that Mm. she's Mm. single, has lived in the parents' home that she inherited. So it could have been that it was a very safe way to be in love with somebody without any of the accoutrements that go with that. Mm. Um, But I do think that in the first instance she needs bereavement counselling, but perhaps she might need more than just bereavement counselling. She might need to go to a psychologist for a while to analyse how it is that she never went out to try and meet someone that she could love that was available and not married to somebody else um, or that she couldn't express to anybody else how she felt. Um, Being incredibly saddened by the loss of somebody is a very sad Mm. thing. But her grief is very real. Her grief, oh yeah, Yeah. it's absolutely real. But the situation that she has, you know, built Mm. up around it was not ever real. She was not in a relationship with him. Mm. But her devastation is real. And so is his wife's, I'm sure. Mm. And they probably knew that she she might have felt something for him. It's great that she never interfered with that relationship um, or even caused a friction within the relationship. But, you know, to her, she's had this huge loss. And because she's so regretful now, her grief feels so heavy for a man I loved deeply but can never tell. No, she can't tell him because now he is not here. And also because he was not hers when he was alive. So she's she's kind of built up a fantasy about a love for a man she didn't really know. She knew him as a neighbour. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so it, there's there's probably more to this. She probably has regret about her life moving on and never having had that relationship mm-hmm. that she could have I herself. Suppose. And it was, it was easy to see somebody that appears perfect, um, you know, and and she envied that and then she she thought she loved him and feels that she absolutely loved this man but he has passed away she does need to go and have some bereavement counselling but she also probably needs to have some more in-depth maybe a meeting with a psychologist or something and having I couldn't help but think when I read this Phil um, this may be common you know that people would have love in their heart for somebody and they would they would never know, you know. Yeah, but what's wrong with that either? If she was able to keep it under wraps, yeah. so what was wrong with that? It was probably the best thing in this instance because can you imagine telling the man the man being utterly appalled and thinking, My neighbour next door is oh God. And, you know, so it's know. not a, it's not um it's not a comfortable disclosure for somebody to have to say that. Or it's not even comfortable for this woman who who knows that, you know, she loved mm. this man and is, she can't, there's no point in regret because she can't change out of the fact that he was married and very happily married to this woman next door. Yes. And she can change the fact that the man collapsed and died very sadly of a heart attack, leaving the whole community, no mind to see his wife and family, reeling. With yeah. shock, so she does need to go and kind of get her head straight, and she needs to be able to put the imagined into the box of real, and then the box of real into the box of reality, and then the box of reality that means you deal with grief and loss, and she her loss is 
much greater probably because she can't really express it. Mm, of course, yeah. But I can't help but feel for I mean, she must have seen himself and his wife go out for occasions and, you know, celebrate this yeah, and yeah. celebrate that and, you know, and she's there just holding a torch it, for him. It's, it's like, you know, you're you're in a picture but you're on the sidelines looking yeah. in and you know what you're looking in at is never, it might never be what it seems. Mm, of and, course. You yeah, know, I yeah. mean, you don't know what people's relationships are like. But, you know, it's it, this is very sad. I'm feeling very sad, particularly on today. And I don't think that we knew, we were thinking about this being today, mm, the date, mm. um, when this question would come up. But, you know, it is sad. She does need to talk to somebody and does need to get herself a little bit um, straightened out in, ter- in terms of dealing with loss. Letter number two. Dear Phil, I live on a street and I get on really well with my neighbours. That was until a couple moved in down the road. They're a young couple with a young child and a big dog. They wouldn't be the friendliest couple, but I would always exchange pleasantries with them when I see them. My problem is that when they walk the dog, you know what's coming down, they always let him poo on the pavement and they never pick it up. It drives me mad. I know it's them because it never happened until they moved in. And as well as that, one day I went to a neighbour to call in. The pavement was clear when I left. Uh, uh, but when I got home, there was a big poo right outside of my gate and I had passed them uh, with the dog on the way home. Because I have never actually caught them in the act well, the dog in the act. I'm not sure whether or not I should approach them. I've also thought of bagging the poo and leaving it on their wall. I'm wondering what is the best way of dealing with this without it blowing up into a big row. Well, the, f- the first thing, she's never actually seen this dog making the poo outside her gate or on her path. Or he might be the culprit is what he you're saying. He might not be the owner of the poo. Um, so, no, I appreciate this. Is, look, it's it's awful if people don't mm, pick up know. after their dog and it's not as if the, the council hasn't made efforts to provide bags and, you know, receptacles for the poo bag um, or there's not nothing to stop people from tying the poo bag to the dog's collar let him carry it home himself. <laughs> <laughs> but she hasn't actually seen this dog doing it. So she, the last thing she should do is leave dog poo on these people's doorstep. They're neighbours and, you know, she needs to catch the dog in the act and then say, guys, you really need to pick up after your dog Mm. and, you know, take it further. I mean, you report them to the dog warden if if they're not going to comply. But I don't think you can make an assumption because neighbours have moved in and that they're they're not very friendly. Uh, You know, that that should be an opportunity right. is, well, it's not only that they're unfriendly, but their dog is coming now and making all the poos. I'm sure this is not the only dog in the neighbourhood. Now, I'm not sticking up for the dog here. <laughs> As somebody who has two dogs, three dogs actually, but two of them that are inside. I hope your neighbours aren't going to, to call no, no, Well, I mean, you know, they, they, uh, any, we, we would be very scrupulous about picking up after yeah. our dog because yeah. it's not nice to walk into dog poop. That's, that's and, sure. you know, if you're ever on a, a what, what is a very popular walk with uh, where I live, you're, you're going to find lots of people with dogs and most people are very, very obliging in terms of picking up mm. um, after their dogs. So I do think, um, you know, the whole tone of the letter is, you know, the couple that moved in down the road, a young couple, a young child and a big dog, and they wouldn't be the friendliest. Is it because they've come to the neighbourhood? And is this because, you know, it's kind of upset this, get on, you know, getting on really well with the neighbours right. prior to these people? And is it suddenly that there's a younger set coming in and all that means? It could be a whole lot more than just the dog poo. But, I mean, if she sees the dog actually making a poo outside her gate then she should go out and say guys I really need you to come and pick that up I really need you to deal with this 
because otherwise I'm going to and, do this. And if she saw the dog doing his business, you you would be that upfront, would you? Oh, you, you have yeah. to be, Fran. Have to be, yeah. I mean, if there is, and I mean, if this never happened before, so it may, you know, this mm. might be, it, mm. it may well be the dog, but she does need to see the dog doing his business right. on in her gate or in her, her pavement Bef- or whatever. Before she but she can't the make the, yeah. she, no, she can't make the assumption. She said, I know it's them because it never happened until they moved in. And one day I went to a neighbour and the pavement was clear when I left there was a big poo outside my gate and I'd pass them out with the dog on the way home. So she made, she's connecting all the dots here and making making the dogs, that, okay. that poo being belonged to that dog. And, you know, unless she has the DNA, she's not going to get away <laughs> with that. So look at, what's the best way of dealing with without it blowing up into a row? She needs to go and maybe be, be a bit more scrupulous. See, is there, are there other people walking around with dogs? Okay. Um, and I know there's big dogs make big poos and it can be an awful mess and it's very unpleasant. Poo isn't pleasant anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she needs to make sure and be very, very careful because right. there's a long life to be lived in an area. Well, that's like, you have to be very careful about neighbours, don't do. you? You, know? you do. All right, our third and final letter, dear Phil. My son is in his 30s and he has Down syndrome. He lives a relatively independent life. He has a part-time job and he goes out socialising, but he still lives at home and we would all be very protective of him. He has days out uh, with a local group of people with special needs and really enjoys these days. After one of these occasions, he came home to tell me that he had a girlfriend. I thought he was messing and we had a bit of a laugh and a chat, but it continued and he continued to talk about this girl, how they were texting each other and they'd meet up for a drink or go to a movie. He now seems to have gotten very serious about her and wants to bring her home to meet us all. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I know this girl also has special needs, so she would understand his limitations. But at the same time, I never considered that he would be in the position that he would be in a real relationship with a woman. I'm worried that he might not have the maturity to deal with a romantic relationship and what uh, would happen if it ends in heartbreak. Also, what if he is rushing ahead and this girl doesn't have romance in her head at all? I'm not sure how to handle it without sounding bad. Of course, I want him to have all the same life experiences that everybody else has, but I worry about him so much. What should I do? Now, this is a coincidence because I was looking at Nationwide last night uh, about a, a Down syndrome couple who... We're getting on brilliantly and they've been together for and, eight years. And that's the whole thing. There mm. are people that have all sorts of intellectual disabilities and limitations, people with Down syndromes who have long and happy relationships with people. Um, look, consent would be an issue there, but that would be more into the whole physical side and, mm. and all of that and the whatever kind of special needs the girl might have. But this mum is worrying about nothing. I mean... Let her bring the girl home and and um, see how he is with her. Mm. This is making him happy. He mm. doesn't appear to be rushing into anything. He seems to be a well-adjusted living and working in an environment that he can meet other people that may also have special needs. And I don't know the nature of her mm. special needs. But, like, just let this be. And it makes him happy. And yet any relationship that doesn't work out or if they have mismatched... Uh, ideas about what the future might hold whereas the girl is just very like in the moment and your man is is thinking ahead I don't think he is I think he's just enjoying this for what it is Mm. and he's perfectly entitled to do so there's a whole um, raft of what would be a violation say in terms of a relationship when people have special needs that just sometimes you need to be very clear about what is consent and how do you you know that it's not coercive and it's not you know forcing yourself to do something 
somebody doesn't want to happen mm. to them. But for the most case, this seems to be a lovely developing relationship between two people. And it, mm. she should stop rushing it along, stop worrying about it. And uh, if it is to progress, she can then talk about the next level or the next stage of that relationship. And I'm sure this girl has parents. Have a chat with them. See how they feel about it. If this couple seem happy together, let them be happy together. They are perfectly entitled to it. But of course, like any parent uh, of any child, they'd worry about heartbreak for them or Yeah, but you know what, Fran? People survive heartbreak all the time. And people survive loss and incredible losses. And people survive getting over serious illnesses and people not getting over serious illnesses. That's in everybody's right. life and it is part and parcel of the lived experience. It's no less... The, the heartbreak for somebody that has a condition like Down syndrome is no less the heartbreak than you or I would feel if mm. something happened. Mm. So it's just managing that and not having too many expectations, not flying ahead and saying, oh, supposing this happens, supposing that happens. There has to be there has to be clear consent. There's I did a, the foundation programme in sexual health at one time and there's a whole area in relation to people that may have special needs or that they have particular conditions and it's really really very good and you know I think maybe if you got somebody from that course to come it would give a lot of people a lot of insight into people with disabilities and what their needs may be and how those needs are met. Very good. And in fairness, a great credit due to the parenting here because, you know, he sounds, as you say, well, well adjusted, adjusted. Well adapted. And, and he's happy. independent. Exactly. You know? And also has met a girl and came home and told her and he's excited. Yeah. But so was any person. So he's as normal as the rest of yeah. us. He has trisomy 21, which is an extra week on, on the 21st chromosome. Doesn't yes. make him any different. Any, yeah. In fact, they're, they're, and this again, at the risk of sounding patronising, I really don't wish to do it, but they can be very, very loving individuals. Mm. Very loving. And they are entitled to a life like anybody else. Very good indeed. Phil, it's always a pleasure. Thanks very much indeed. And don't forget, if you have an issue that you'd like Phil to talk about, it's very simple all you have to do is uh, email us and that's tip today at tipfm.com Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in association with Slattery's of Pecan Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer Slattery's Garage Pecan the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County Slattery's Garage.ie 